I'm Lauren Whitehurst. I'm a certified personal trainer and certified nutrition coach. Hi, I'm Sunny Livingcott. I'm a certified professional life coach and a certified brain health professional. We also have Angela Salyers, who is a licensed professional counselor, and the three of us together make up Whole Whole Life Vitality. Vitality. We teach Whole Life Vitality of the mind, body, and soul, bringing the physical, emotional, and spiritual together for whole life wellness. Welcome back, friends. We are here again with Trish, who is going to walk us through a little bit more about grief. This is our part two. If you missed the first one, please go back and listen and or watch. We talked about some really great information regarding grief, but I really wanted to come back again and talk with Trish about some stories of people that she has walked through this grief process with. So I know you reached out to a few of these people and kind of ask them for permission to share their stories and what they would like shared. So if you want to share some of that with us, we'd love to hear about it. I love it. My hope is that like by, I feel like grief is so internal. yeah. And so if we can get it out of ourselves somehow, whether that's through words or a punching bag or, and make sure to get an actual punching bag or Not like person, like, yeah, not a person <laughs> a set up because it, it, that it can leak into things, but I like, I'm going to set up a, a spot where I can break some like old dishes, you know, yeah. find a goodwill and break some old dishes, you know? Yeah. And anyway, have you seen so, those like, um, smash places yes, where you go I and go just, to like, one. destroy whatever? Yeah. I want to go to one so bad. Now, so my hope is that by giving us a place to share this grief and these things that we're going through, that mm-hmm. it'll, you know, it's it's a way to get it out of our bodies and to be understood and to feel heard and to find other people and reach other people. I don't really know why these things happen. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I know that death is a natural part of life, but, um, but I don't know why it has to be so horrible sometimes. Okay. Just to be blunt just like what you said before though about yeah loving you know you love so deeply and that makes the loss so much more impactful the opposite of that the only other option would be just to shut down your feelings completely and then you go through life not loving exactly and I um I was actually listening to one of my favorite songs this morning and it's one of those songs that kind of resonates no matter what you're going through in life is um it is Adele to be loved Oh, and a beautiful song. She there's a part in it that says, um, all I do is bleed into some someone else. And that's how a lot of my grief has kind of felt. Like I just felt like if I didn't keep it inside me, I was just bleeding out of someone mm-hmm. else. When I was listening to it this morning, just to relax, because I it's a very grounding song for me. It just brought me back into some times in my life where I was in grief very heavily. I oftentimes welcome the grief now because I find that it helps me to reach out to the people that I know feel it as well. I I feel like you could ask anyone because everyone's going to go through grief, right? Everybody is going to, That's, but you could ask you anyone feel, to share. If you feel, if you're not a sociopath, if you have feelings, <laughs> then you at one point in your life, at some point yes. or another, will, will grieve the loss of something. 
Exactly. And so like my feelings are that like you could ask anybody this to come on the podcast. You could ask anyone to share their experiences with grief. I've found myself in a position where like what you were saying earlier, I've sort of I've met a lot of people. I care very deeply and my own grief and experiences with it have kind of made me lean into other people. Mm-hmm. And so I like for lack of a better word, have collected um, grieving people, which also means I have a lot of my own grief. Well, at one point you mentioned to me that you felt like you kind of found yourself in this position, almost like, like called to, or, or like you were, you were designed to then be in this space with these people as they walk through their, their end days, or as they kind of transition to whatever is next. And I just thought that that was so beautiful because it takes such a special person. It takes a huge amount of sacrifice on your part because you know how it feels to grieve. I think a lot of people know how it feels to grieve. And the sacrifice is you are setting yourself up to love deeply because you do to love deeply someone that you know will only be with you for a short season and that is just such a profound gift to give these people that you meet. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I find that as I've leaned into people in this space, it like domino effects or something. Like it's like the more you are willing to sit in that space, the more people you you find that need it, which is kind of a daunting thing to welcome into your life, but I, I didn't do it on purpose at first. Okay. So it was, I, I don't know if the trajectory changed just from my own grief through going through some trauma where dissociation became something that I was very used to. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I witnessed someone going through some kind of grief, whether that be through death or through trauma or through something else, like I found that in common with them. I found dissociation in common. I felt, I found myself in so much pain that I was cutting myself off from the outside world and even from myself. You and I Uh, went to a class at one point that was given by a therapist friend of ours. And I knew you well enough at that point for you to look at me at the end of this class. And you said, what did you think? And I'm just like smiling and you go, you're dissociating right now, aren't you? And I was You remember like, that? Yes. Oh, because I remember that. Because I remember it so deeply because um You and I were like laughing moment, inappropriately. So inappropriately. But it, the the class was on was it on grief? What was it? Probably. On? I don't know. Or it love languages, maybe. I don't it was know. on something really um really that touched me so deeply that I immediately put up a wall. And I think it might've been grief. When you said you're dissociating, aren't you? I was like, what's that? And you're like, you went somewhere else in your head. I was like, yes, that that's what I'm doing right now. (laughs) I knew because I was doing it too. Uh I knew. I think that familiarity is what helps us feel connected to people. And so if, as you get, as you have gotten more comfortable dealing with grief and walking through those hard spaces with people, then you see, you recognize it in other people as they're dealing with that. And then people see that you have that space to accept that uncomfortable part of them. And that's just beautiful. In our (laughs) social norms, people say, how are you? And you say, I'm fine. 
How are you? Mm -hmm. I'm fine. And the people like you (laughs) that are extremely empathetic, you could just kind of giggle and you're like, no, really? No, really? That's the thing is I don't know how to have conversations mm -hmm. without really meaning my question. Anyway, so I'm, I think I'm talking around my grief on purpose because I'm avoiding it. So tell us, tell us what you're having a hard time with today. Tell us what you're trying really hard not to share that, you know, you need to share. Okay. So I got a, I got a phone call like literally two minutes before. No, it was, we're supposed to start at nine 30 and mm-hmm. it was like nine 27. And I get a phone call from my cousin Jameson and I just saw him when I went to Utah. I had this really intense feeling like I needed to go home. And so I went home a couple weeks ago. And I centered my trip home around my niece and my cousin Bailey. And I didn't understand why it was very random. I haven't really talked to Bailey a ton lately. We just have been like in our own directions and our own lives. And, you know, we, but we were the closest as cousins. Um, Like I was the closest to her as cousins. She's been through a lot. Anyway, so I reached out to her and I got us before I went, I got us these I noticed it was on your, yeah, it's a little dragonfly pendant that you're wearing on your, on your sweater. It's beautiful. I just got this for right before my trip with her. I got it for myself and for her because she loves brooches. I just was feeling like I needed to reach out. Like I just needed to reach out. And so when I got there, it became fairly evident why when we hung out and talked and I was grateful for the guidance or the feelings that were stirring inside me but I like to believe that it was our grandparents which is why I have like my grandpa's jacket right here (laughs) like and my I have like jewelry on the represent this is my urn necklace for my baby that I lost like it you know I'm channeling everything I can because I'm struggling anyway I got a call from my cousin Jameson her brother that um she died last night and uh, I don't, I just sat there and I thought, there's so many things for you and I that have come up telling us to do this. And I don't claim to have some powerful knowledge or awareness that's going to make things better for everybody that hears it. That's not at all the aim. It's just, I just wanted people to see grief as it is and not in some fluffy light and i wanted people to see it because i know that people who are experiencing it see it feel it and need to be seen and heard mm-hmm. and um and i feel like it could only help so here you go here's some real grief i've been dissociating the first part of this by focusing on you know, what I have prepared or focusing on just the conversation with you because I can get lost in conversation. But but I've been learning through all my friends' experiences these years that um, that I don't have to avoid the emotions. They're going to come whether I'm ready for them or not. Yeah. And they're not going to come sometimes because my brain is on in survival mode okay there's that's gonna happen too and there's nothing wrong with that that is okay like it's not ideal and don't live there forever but if you need to compartmentalize or if you need to dissociate for a minute that is okay 
that's our brain's natural way of taking a breather, but make it a breather. Don't live there. I heard I, once as um, from someone who um, was encouraging through grief that a healthy way to try and manage that tendency to um, to dissociate through through the the grief is to set a timer, set a timer, and just give yourself ten or fifteen minutes to just let it all fall out, just ugly cry, just process and just feel everything when it's done, then let yourself move on to the next thing or go back to dissociating or however it is you need to cope. But that way yeah. you're at least giving yourself the space to to process it out. When I was in the thick of things with my sister, I travel, I drive around to see a lot of my clients and I would get in the car and I would have 10 or 15 minutes as I'm driving and I would just ugly cry the whole way there. And I probably showed up a puffy mess to every client for months, but I would just ugly cry the whole way there and just sob and gasp and just be miserable as I'm processing this grief. And I would get there and I would dry my tears and I would drink some water and I would move forward with, um, with being there in that space that I needed to be in, but just allowing yourself that space to, to feel what you need to feel, um, Trish. I wish I was there to give you a hug right now, friend. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. I, I'll i get through it. I just, uh, after this, I'll probably be looking at plane tickets to go back. You know how yesterday I felt like some major imposter syndrome? Yeah. And you pep talked me out of it. <gasps> that went away about two minutes before we started recording. <laughs> uh, when you got that call? Yeah. Um, so I was for- like, all right, this is supposed to happen for sure. For those of you that don't know, um, then Trish is also one of my coaching clients. And so I really get the, we're, we're good friends, but I feel like we've gotten to go so much deeper because of the coaching that we do together. And I'm so grateful to get to be in that space with you. But the other day when we were coaching, she said something about um, diminishing her own grief. And I said, stop it hold up just a minute. And I started listing the things that she had been through. And of course, then, you know, the floodgates open and that's what happens. But um, the, it's imposter syndrome when you feel like what you have experienced is so minimal or you diminished your own experiences because you think, well, someone else's experience is so much bigger than mine or so much more profound than mine. But we need to also acknowledge ourselves and what we've been through and when we do that, then we're even more able to share with others. So, yeah, I I love that. And I agree with that. I feel like I was asking everyone else for their perspectives on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, I was forgetting I had my own and I think I was just compartmentalizing and avoiding it. You yeah. know what I mean? And so I was just avoiding my own grief. So when you said that, I was like, Dang it, Lauren, you're right. It is much easier to talk about other people's stuff than it is to talk about our own stuff, for sure. Mm -hmm. So much easier. But I feel like I become the support person, and then I avoid my own grief, and then I bottle it up. And like you said, sometimes comes out as secondary emotions like anger. I'm really glad that you called me out because I needed to be grounded in my own grief before I could actually get into other people's grief and share it the way I want to share it and the way it deserves to be shared. It made me think of something though. I tend to absorb everyone's grief 
and avoid and neglect my own. And it reminded me something that my cousin Chelsea said. Chelsea is on the same side of the family as Bailey's, the cousin that I just mentioned. So she is also going to be going through what I'm going through as well, but especially Mm -hmm. because she just lost her mother a few months ago Mm -hmm. um, to cancer. And it was rough. My, it was Chelsea, Shawnee and Kylie. And I have a few things that they wrote um, about what grief feels like for them. Chelsea, this is what, what she said that kind of reminded me of that. She said, I'm not sure if I fully felt my own grief yet, or if I'm still just absorbing everyone else's. My compartmentalization skills are in overdrive, so I'm sure my time will come when it can't be pushed down any further. I do that. I do that. I think think a lot of people do that. Yes. And she's the type of stays busy, so she's already has the tendency to do that. Mm -hmm. And then her and I have talked about dissociation, and she also recognizes that in herself. And so she's just getting through it how she has to get through it. And, um, but I talked to her, she seemed to feel almost ashamed of not feeling her own grief yet. It wasn't quite that. I think it was more that at the time that she lost her mother, the same week she purchased a business. Okay. And can you even imagine going through all that? Like huge forward movement, life changes while the biggest person in your life just died. Mm -hmm. Like, can you even imagine that? But she pulled it off somehow. But now she's kind of in the the wreckage afterwards where, you know, the dust is settling and now you have to like assess the injuries and Mm -hmm. see if it's going to be okay and, you know, figure out who you are because you're not the same. You're not the same. And so that's kind of where she's at. But her and I were talking at, we went to her restaurant with all of our cousins, including Bailey and she was talking about this time in her life and I sensed regret in her voice. And I, I, what I said to her was grief does this thing to everyone where it makes it almost impossible to see into the future or look to the future because we don't want a future without the person we just lost. Like yeah, there's some sort of comfort in existing in the past where they still are. Yes. And so the fact that you were able to make forward movement, like plans towards the business, you like you were looking towards the future, you shouldn't feel ashamed of that. That was actually pretty impressive because most people cannot do that. And maybe your dissociation gave you that gift to get through it. Whatever you had to do, you're through it. And now we're like, let's take care of it. You know, like, and I could tell that that got her thinking. And I just, I hate when people, shame themselves for how they grieve you can't control how you grieve okay let's just be honest you can't control it it's just gonna hit you how it's gonna hit you you can find resources you can access people and support and you can channel it in productive or maybe just not destructive ways right there are ways of kind of maneuvering into healthier ways of grieving but and just like we talked about the other day you and i um people and I say people, myself included, uh, we like to think of grief as a linear line, as just a straight line. Like yeah. we're gonna we're gonna go forward, we're gonna move through it, and then we're gonna get past it, and everything's gonna be fine, and I won't hurt anymore. When the yes. reality is, it's not a straight line. It kind of it zigzags and bounces and swirls and does all of the all over the place, and it does that. I think for the rest of your life, and yes. as my grief comes up to the surface again and again. What I've noticed is 
it's like I've gotten familiar with it. I've gotten familiar. I've gotten more comfortable with those. You like don't have a choice. Well, and I've gotten so familiar with it that when it comes up, I'm like, oh, I remember you. And it's not so surprising and it's not so overwhelming. And the, the intensity is a shadow of the original feeling, but I still feel it. And I never know what's going to be the trigger that's going to trigger it because inevitably something will. And it could just be as simple as seeing someone or smelling something or, or, um, hearing a a certain, hearing a certain song or a certain phrase, or I never know. I never know what it's going to be. Um, one of my all time favorite songs was a song that I shared with my sister and she and I both loved the song and, um, the movie it was associated with. And I've always loved belting that song out in the car and it comes on in the car now. And I'm like, Mm, mm, mm. because if I leave it on, then I'm going to cry through it and I won't be able to sing to it anyway. (laughs) So sometimes, sometimes I'll listen to it. And sometimes I, um, I will just, you know, cry through it. And sometimes I will blubber my way trying to sing through it, but it's, you just never know. And it's okay to let that grief just kind of take its natural course. Yes. And I do find that over time, some people, not everyone, but some people will find comfort in objects that provide those moments for them. Mm-hmm. And some people think that, that that's someone like not letting go or not like, they're not, what are they supposed to let go of? I'm not going to tell someone to gone. let go of their child or some to let go of their spouse. The person or, is you know? gone. You've let go. Like the person yeah. is, they're, they're no longer here. You're holding on to look- what you have of them. If you have a memento that helps you remember those beautiful times that you had with them, then to each his own. Yeah. It's like a, for me, it facilitates reminiscing Mm -hmm. in an affectionate way rather than a traumatic, devastating way. Mm -hmm. And I have a friend that lost her husband not that long ago to suicide. Mm And she's talked about certain things that remind her. But that's also when you're incorporating a traumatic event yeah. into the situation. But she she's talked about certain things that remind her in a traumatic way. And then but there are other things that are reminders of good times in their life. So if if there's way if there are ways for people to help those who are grieving, like remember the people in their lives before they were sick or before mm-hmm the event or you know in because i think sometimes we focus so much on the event of their death and their absence that we forget to like live in their memory with with the people that are left behind and so like let's be the people that are left behind with with the people that were left behind you know my my sister lost a child just a week before the baby was due she lost she lost her baby and it was a very very sad very awful time for her. And she came to me and asked me if I would make her this cross stitch. She's the one who taught me how to cross stitch. She came and said, will you make this for me? And it was this really sweet needle point that had tiny little hands on top and tiny little feet on the bottom. And then in the middle, it said a person's a person, no matter how small that cute little Dr. Seuss quote. So then she displayed it on her wall and loved it. But I think that anything that you Feel like you need to do to help you process that grief and remember that person in a positive way is wonderful. 
Yes. Yes. I love that you did that. That's a really good example of a way to show up for someone in a way that maybe, I mean, it sounds like she requested it. Did she request that from you? She did. She did. But she, but it was she a connection knew I would, you already had. Exactly. Yeah. yeah she knew and that I would do so that. And she, she knew, knew that I was available to be there for her in whatever way she needs at the time. That's And that's the point is to be there for someone so that when they do come up with something, you're there. But something we were talking about made me think of something that she's kind of like a second mom. She's my mom's best friend. Her name's Tana. Um, and her son, Dylan, him and I were raised together, basically. We're about the same age, same school year. Our parents, our moms have been best friends forever, you know. So we were cradle. I, I don't like to say cradle to grave because that sounds really depressing, but Basically, that's what happened here. Anyway, so she said something. She said, remember, they're not so much stages of grief as flavors or waves of grief. Don't expect yourself to get through them in a prescribed lateral fashion. You will bounce around to the different responses depending on what memories are triggered and what surrounding stresses are influencing you. Just let them come as they do and use tools to process them in positive ways. Talk out loud to your loved ones, not just in your head. You can record conversations on your phone or use talk to text so you can keep it. Look back on conversations. It helps you process. Kind of like journaling, you know? Mm -hmm. Like if you can't, if you don't journal, at least find someone you can talk to or like write emails to yourself or your notes yes. pages, you know? Yeah. So that's been something that's been helpful for her. She also said, identify symbols that remind you of them and watch for them in the world. I watch for butterf butterflies for Dylan. And rays of sunlight since his middle name is Ray. I bring I bring home heart rocks everywhere I go and right on the back where I found them. Whenever I see a butterfly, I just say hello to him and know he's sending me his love. When I see rays, it always makes me feel courageous like he's reaching down to me from heaven trying to fill me with light. She said so many beautiful things. I had a friend a few years ago who passed away from COVID and like she was about my age there's been a lot of young moms passing away. And so I think that that's why this is really resonating for me right now. Just like, I can't help but just step into their shoes a little bit. Something that my friend Camille, she also lost a child, like you were talking about, um, to mm -hmm. stillbirth. I've learned a lot from her experience with grief. And she wrote this, grief is an interesting thing. Losing a baby, losing a child, losing a loved one. Grief is anchored in the connection. We grieve because we love. We don't know who we are anymore. We have to start from square one, learn to talk, walk, and interact with the world again as a new person. Who am I? What is this world I live in? I cannot trust this world, God, the universe, others, or even myself. How will anything ever make sense again? Mm -hmm. As I support others on their grief journey, my goal is to help others grieve well so they can live and love well on their lifelong journey of mourning. I wanted to mention her because I have a lot of people who um, submitted things that I didn't get to and you know, I, I can find a different way to share that and maybe we can link it, but cause there was so much, so much good stuff. But what I wanted to say is that, um, I have a lot of people in Utah and Camille, she's, she started another nonprofit and it's about grief and coping through grief and how to show up best for others, but also most more specifically how to show up best for yourself. If you go to her Instagram, it's wellness farm, Utah or UT. Wellness okay, we'll, Her name is we'll link Camille. that in the podcast yes. as well yes. so that um, people can see that. Yeah, she's great. I think she's one of the reasons why I'm on the trajectory that I'm on. 
she taught me a lot about death and grief when she went through that stillbirth. She went about it in more unconventional ways than most people would think. Mm -hmm. And it really opened my eyes up to how we think about death, how we handle death, how we, and grief and like the options. And she's just a really great resource. Everyone processes grief in a different way. And I think that it applies to everything when we, when uh, John Maxwell says comparison is the thief of joy. And I think that just across the board, comparison is the thief of joy. And if you start comparing your progress through grief to someone else's progress through grief and you say, well, I'm, I'm doing it wrong or they're doing it better than I am or whatever, then all of a sudden you're dealing with grief and shame. And who wants to pile it on like that? That's not fun. Yes. I have one one thing that I want to share that my friend Maurice uh, shared. She's the friend that I mentioned earlier whose husband died by suicide. Mm-hmm. And that one is something that no one knows how to talk about, right? And I, she does. She talks about it. She's on social media as well. And she posts about it. I think she's actually done a podcast or two talking about grief. She says, the best advice I want to leave you with is to have compassion for yourself. Humanity has a commonality in that it is normal to have difficult feelings at times. It is normal to battle through trials. No person goes unscathed by grief. Be gentle with yourself and realize that there is no need to feel guilty or ashamed of what is a normal part of being human. Know that this is not something that has to be suffered alone. There are resources for you. You are never alone. Many wise men have said suffering is often our greatest teacher. If we can be open to learning what our hardships may have to teach us, it can transcend us, humble us, and open our hearts to what there is to offer. I know this is the last thing anyone who is grieving wants to hear. Trust me, I've been there. I've rolled my eyes at the very comment. But as my favorite poet Rumi, Rumi, R-U-M-I, said, the wound is the place where the light enters. There is peace to be found in the chaos of life if you will only look for it. Yeah. She talks about her grief just very honestly. She's Mm -hmm. Yeah, follow her for sure if you if you are in, on Instagram. Anyway, I have I have tons of stuff that I could have shared and I'll find a way to share it because I really really honor what people have put out there. Like I have pages and pages of things that people did that stood out to each of these people. Yeah. That actually helped. Like it doesn't fix it. It doesn't fix it, but things that actually reached them in a profound, meaningful way that said like, Hey, you are not alone and this proves it. So I'll, I'll find a way to share it because I do think it's really valuable. Just a a collection of insights and ideas and experiences of people who have grieved and people who have successfully supported someone grieving. I know that you have walked through this space with a lot of people are you open to people reaching out to you um, to have conversations about grief or whatever? Yes. Okay. Yes. We'll, we'll make sure that we link it's where I live media. now. I just live here now. Right. <laughs> but right. I feel like I've been kind of put in a particular place to stand in these in between spaces with people. Yeah. And it's, it's, benefited my own life in the sense that like gaining this perspective so frequently with others where you know when someone dies nothing else matters you hop on the plane you go you know what I mean you're everything else falls to the side yeah except for your closest relationships and to see that happen over and over and over again so closely 
-hmm. It helps me keep perspective. It helps me have gratitude for what I still get to hold and hug. Yeah. My PTSD tends to make me catastrophize. Is that the word? Catastrophize? Yeah, that's a word. Mm -hmm. Basically, I just, when, when things happen, sometimes I do feel very deeply. And by feeling so deeply, my mind will sometimes go into those places where I'm like, what if I lost Justin? Like my friend lost Robin. What if mm-hmm. I lost this person? Like this person left. And I, I can't help but to go there because I do have a lot of friends, young women, young moms, friends who are passing away. And, you know, I was rattled by a pretty difficult year with my health. Yeah. And so, of course, my brain kind of goes there. Ultimately, we all experience grief, and I keep on finding myself in this position to walk with people through it. And I, I think that that's more what it is. I think yeah. it's guiding me here, and so I just really appreciate you finding me. And when you feel that pull to, yeah, to do what you are meant to do, then it all just yeah. kind of comes together, and you're given the strength that you need to be what you need to be in that space. And I think that going through this really gives us all uh, appreciation for life and for the relationships that we have. And, you know, I know with the people that I've lost, I look back at those relationships and think, okay, if I could have a do-over, if I could do it again, what would I do differently? And then how do I want to proceed with my relationships moving forward so that I don't have those same thoughts if I lose someone else, because inevitably I will lose someone else at some point in my life. And I want to be able to look back on those relationships and think I, I gave it everything. I, I was all in, I supported them in ways that I feel good about. And we were honest and respectful and loving and kind and all of those beautiful things. One more thing that I wanted to share before we leave today is uh, I know we, over our last podcast, we talked about what not to say when dealing with grief. And so Dr. Caroline Leaf also gave us a list of things to say. So I wanted to share some of those. So when someone is grieving, some things that might be appropriate to say would be, I'm so sorry. I don't have words, but I'm here for you, whatever you need. Or I don't know what to say, but I love you and I'm here and with you. Or what do you need in this moment? Or do you want me to share some of my favorite memories about so-and-so? Or I'm available for grocery deliveries, kid pickups, babysitting, making dinner, whatever you need. Just being present makes such a huge difference. Or um, please know that however you're feeling right now, sad, numb, guilty, tired, angry, it's normal. There's no right way to feel. I love you. And I'm so sad that you're going through this. All very, very appropriate ways to uh, respond to people who are dealing with grief. So grateful that Trish got to join us here today and got to share some of these beautiful stories with us and some of her walk through grief. If you would like to talk to her, I'll make sure that I link that social media in the description of this. I know she would love to hear from you. If you would like to talk to myself or Sunny, we're always available at Whole Life Vitality or just, you know, shoot us a DM. And I hope that you will tune in next time. Thanks, friends. We'll see you later.